All right, good morning, everyone. Welcome to worship this morning. It's great to be with you all here in the Lord's house once more to worship, to receive gifts of word and sacrament from our Heavenly Father, uh, and to join together as brothers and sisters united by Christ uh, so that we might be able to hear his good news that he has so richly and wonderfully prepared for us. Let's stand this morning and greet each other in the name of the Lord. Members, if you see somebody that you don't recognize, please go say hi and welcome them to Trinity today. Good morning and welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church in Freistadt, Missouri. I'm Nick Prater, your announcer for this, the 14th Sunday after Pentecost. The Reverend Jake Sutton will deliver today's message. Assisting in the worship service is the organist, Mrs. Susan Sinninger, and the acolytes are Sadie Bennett and Jordan Kleibecker. Today's order of service is to be found at www.trinityfreistat.com. This broadcast is sponsored by funds donated to the radio ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church and dedicated to the glory of God. May God bless us as we worship together. And as you are uh, taking your seats, boy, we are a lively bunch this morning, I tell you what. Good, good. As you are taking your seats this morning, uh, just a few announcements before we begin with our worship today. First, as soon as I get to my page. First, Trinity Lutheran School, our school, is looking for prayer partners for the school year. If you would like to be a classroom buddy, that is, somebody who prays for a particular class, please call Amanda Menning. Uh, at the church and school office. She is more than happy to speak with you about that. Also, Concordia Publishing House, our publishing arm of our synod, has all of their Bibles on sale. Check them out on the wall in the narthex. The sale ends in September. Those Bibles are anywhere from kids' Bibles to uh, study Bibles, more designed for adults. Beginning September the 9th, so that's in a few weeks, I will lead a class in the sanctuary called What is a Lutheran? If you are one of those people who don't know what a Lutheran is, or maybe you've been coming to this church for 50 years and you still don't know what a Lutheran is, uh, please come to to this class. Uh, This is a class that is designed to, um, for anyone also who is interested or curious about joining our church to learn about us, to learn about what we believe. Uh, and also for those uh, who uh, are already members of our church uh, and who just want to know more and learn more about what a Lutheran is. So that is September the 9th, beginning at 8.45, here in the sanctuary. And that class will run for about eight weeks. 
and the memorial service for our sister in Christ, Ursula McGehee, will be Friday, this coming Friday, August the 31st at 10.30 a.m. here at Trinity. So the memorial service for Ursula McGehee this coming Friday at 10.30 a.m. here at Trinity. The last announcement that I want to point out is if you look in your bulletin, the first hymn and also the last hymn that we are going to sing is the same hymn. I have specifically bookended the service with this hymn because what we're going to be focusing on today is the biblical model of marriage and what that looks like. What that looks like for all of us, whether we are married or not. And this hymn speaks very well to what the biblical model of marriage is based on. That is the model of Christ and us as his bride, the church. And so please pay particular attention to that hymn at the beginning of the service and then the last two hymns at the end of the service when we get there. With that, let's open our service with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, how good it is to be in your house today. How good it is, Lord, to be here, to fellowship with one another, to also, Lord, receive your gifts that you, you who came not to be served but to serve, will be serving us with here today through your word and through your sacrament. Lord, I pray for each of these folks here. I pray that whatever it is that they came into into this building with, whether it be pain or sorrow or excitement, whatever the case is, Lord, I pray that their time here would be one where they are refreshed through your word and through your good news, your gospel, that you have come and lived and died and have been raised again to new life for them. And so now we ask that as we worship you here, that you would give us a zeal in our hearts for your house of worship. Lord, truly better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Please stand. We make our beginning this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Our help is in the name of the Lord. If you, O Lord, kept a record of sins, O Lord, who could stand? Since we are gathered to hear God's word, call upon him in prayer and praise, and receive the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ in the fellowship of this altar. Let us first consider our unworthiness, and confess before God and one another that we have sinned in thought, word, and deed, and that we cannot free ourselves from our sinful condition. Together as his people, let us take refuge in the infinite mercy of God, our Heavenly Father, seeking his grace for the sake of Christ, and saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Almighty God, have mercy upon us, forgive us our sins, and lead us to everlasting life. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son Jesus to die for you and for his sake. He forgives you all of your sins. So then, in, so then, in the stead, and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
Our opening hymn is number 644 in the Lutheran service book, The Church's One Foundation, verses 1 through 3. Lord, I love the habitation of your house. And the place where your glory dwells. Vindicate me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. Prove me, O Lord, and try me. I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. O Lord, I love the habitation of your house.
Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, defend your church from all false teaching and error, that your faithful people may confess you to be the only true God and rejoice in your good gifts of life and salvation. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. reading for today is from Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 through 25. The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the beasts of the field and all the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, to the birds of the air, and all the beasts of the field. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to to the man. The man said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united with his wife, and they will become one flesh. The man and his wife are both naked, and they felt no shame. This is the word of our Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. At this time, it's that moment for all those young disciples who are here today to come forward for the children's message given today by Mrs. Menning. Now is a good time also to bring up your offering, your mighty mites, as well. Good morning, everybody. How are you? I'm going to sit over here today, so if you can't see me, get where you can see me, okay? I don't see Bradley and Reagan over there. Can you guys come sit up here? Can you guys come sit up here? No? Okay. (laughs) Hey, Kinley, how are you? You want to have a seat right there? So today, well, let me back up. How many of you are married? Anybody here married? No? MJ? He's got his hand up. Do you want to be married someday? How many of you want to be married someday or know somebody that's married? 
I think most of you probably know somebody who's married, whether that's your parents or your grandparents or one of your teachers. Today, Pastor is going to talk to us about what it looks like to be married and what it looks like to be in a godly marriage. And you guys might think, well, that has nothing to do with me. But if we back up one verse in that same passage, it says... Give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. All of Ephesians 5, which is the passage that Pastor is going to focus on today, is um, teaching us how to be good Christians and good Christian um, neighbors and friends. So do you think that applies to you? Yeah, it sure does. Um, what does anyone know what the word submit means? Anybody know what that word means? Um, yes, like you're going to submit your homework. You're right, August. We're going to talk in this verse. Submit means something different. It means to be unselfish. Okay, and when we're growing up. We like to think about ourselves, right, and what's important for us. But God tells us in the Bible that we need to put others' needs first. We need to be unselfish. And he gave us an example in the Bible of someone who was extremely unselfish. Does anyone know who that might be? Jesus. That's right, Jesus. He was so unselfish that he sacrificed his life so that we could have life with him in heaven. That's the ultimate unselfishness, right? Um, so what might unselfishness look like in your guys' lives today? If we follow Jesus' example of unselfishness, how can, how can we apply that to our lives? What would that look like? Anybody? Keenan? Okay, not bragging if we win something. Um, how about listening to our parents? What do you guys think about that one? Bradley, MJ? <laughs> listening to our parents and respecting and obeying them. How about our teachers or our grandparents or our daycare workers, adults in authority? If we're being unselfish, that means we're doing our best to listen to them and obey them. And that's the model that God set up for us to, to follow in the Bible. It also means that we're respectful to our friends, okay? Um, we're respectful and we do everything that we can to keep them safe um, and that we love them even if sometimes they hurt us, right? So when we do these things, we're following God's instruction, and we're following the model that someday is going to help us grow up and be good husbands and wives, but also in our lives as we're growing up to be good friends. So let's fold our hands and close our eyes, and we're going to pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for the example of Jesus that you gave us in the Bible. And we just ask that every single day we can um, do uh, everything through your power to um, live by his example. We love you so much, Lord, and we thank you for his unselfish love and sacrifice in our lives. And in Jesus' name, we all pray together. Amen. All right, have a good day.
The epistle reading today is from Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all... No one ever hated his own body, but he feeds it and cares for it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man leaves his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand. Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. The Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were unclean, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders, eating instead of eating their food with unclean hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are are but rules taught by men. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to the traditions of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses his father or mother must be put to death. But you say that If a man says to his father or mother, whatever help you might otherwise have received from me is Corban, that is, of God, by your tradition that you have handed down, that you might otherwise have received from me is Corban, that is, a gift devoted to God, then you no longer let him do anything for his father or mother. 
Thus you nullify the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And you do many things like that. This is the gospel of our Lord. Our sermon hymn today is number 655 in the Lutheran service book. Lord, keep us steadfast in your word. Number 655. Would you all pray with me, please? Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text for this morning's meditation is mainly from the Ephesians text that we just read, chapter 5 but we will also be referring to the Genesis chapter 2 text as well, so you want to have your bulletins in front of you. Uh, You may even want to have a pen or a pencil handy, uh, because there will be some particular words that we will be focusing on here this morning. I want to begin by telling you a story, and this is a story that I think some of you have heard already, and if you have, well, then you get to hear it again. Um, And for those of you who haven't heard it, well, then it'll be brand new. I once talked with a pastor who said that he one day received a knock on his door from a husband. And this husband he had known had been having a lot of difficulties in his marriage. And he knew that his marriage was very, very rocky and had been praying for this couple quite a bit. And the husband comes in And he sits down, and he starts right in. Pastor, she just nags me to death. She won't stop. Nothing that I do ever seems good enough for her. I can't ever seem to make her happy. I'm trying my best, but there is just nothing that I am doing that is making me happy. She keeps bothering me and nagging me about the things that I do or the things that I don't do or the things that I say or the things that I don't say. She just doesn't stop. 
And the pastor, after listening to this husband for a minute or so, pauses. And he looked at the husband and he said these words. Love her more. Love her more. It is in that context that we're going to be talking about what the biblical model, what the biblical model of marriage looks like. I'll give you a hint. It has a lot to do with Jesus. And we're also going to be talking about if you are unmarried or if you are single, don't, don't worry because this, this message is for you too. So just because we might be talking about husbands and wives, don't just turn your ears off and then turn them back on later. Just hang on. I want to begin by looking at the Ephesians text. So let's take a look at that text together. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33. Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord... For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. A word and a phrase that we're going to be focusing on right away. First, it's that word, submit. This is probably the most, if if it's not the most, it's one of them, the most misinterpreted word and misinterpreted text in the entire Bible. Because what has happened is that society, men in particular, have seen this word submit and they think that, well, this means that my wife is subservient to me. This word has been taken to mean that in the issue of, of, of when who gets to make the decision on whatever family matter has come up, that the husband gets the final say, regardless of whatever the wife thinks. It's because, well, I'm head of the household. This is why an understanding of the original languages of Scripture is important. Because this word submit, as we talked about this morning in our adult Bible class, this word submit is actually a military term. And it literally means to line up behind. So what it, if if you were to read this verse literally, it would say, wives, line up behind your husbands as to the Lord. Now what does that mean? Well, What that means is, is that the reason why wives are supposed to line up behind their husbands is because husbands and men, if anything is going to hurt your wife, it has to go through you first. You protect her. You protect her. Just as Jesus has protected you, his church. Remember that it was Jesus who took your punishment. That it was Jesus who took the punishment of sin upon himself. Why? So that you and I wouldn't have to. Why? Because he is the groom in this relationship. We are the bride. And this relationship of husband and wife is the closest relationship to God's heart. For that simple reason. 
So wives, line up behind your husbands. Why? Not because you're subservient. Not because you're lesser than. But because the husbands were created to protect you. Just as Christ protects us as his church. Now Paul goes on further, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In the marriage that I had the great opportunity to officiate yesterday, I looked straight at the groom and I said this. You have been given the most difficult task. In this relationship that you are about to enter into, you have been given the most difficult task. And I'll tell you why. Because you have been given the most responsibility. Jesus says in his gospel, to whom much is given, much is expected. Husbands and men, you have been given the most responsibility of your relationship, of your marriage with your wife. And so, the mo- and so you have the most responsibility. And part of that responsibility is doing what Paul says here, just as Christ has done for you. And again, if I, I am pulling this from Scripture because I don't want anybody to leave here and think, well, Pastor Jake just doesn't like women. No, I married one. I love them. And I love my wife a lot. It comes from Scripture. So what does it look like for men to line up in front of their wives, for husbands to line up in front of their wives? And this is what I told the groom yesterday. It looks like this. When you come home from a long day's work and you're tired and exhausted and cranky, the first thing that you do, the first thing, is you go seek out your wife and you find her and you check on her heart. Can I help you? How did your day go? What can I, what can I help you with? Do you, need to, do you need to talk about anything, about something? And then when you have checked on your wife's heart, then if you have kids, you get down on the floor and you play with them. Why? Because they're your second priority. Wife is first, kids are second. So you get down on the floor and you play with them. And then once they have been taken care of, once they have been put to bed, once your wife has been taken care of and you have checked on her heart, men and husbands, then you can relax. And then you can rest. Now, does that mean that you don't ever deserve any rest or relaxation? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is that nine times out of ten times, this pattern needs to happen. And as I heard one other pastor put so well and so simply, husbands, when when your head hits your pillow at night, you should be completely and utterly exhausted. So that the only thing that you want to do is sleep. That's what it looks like to give yourself up for your wife. It means that your needs come last. It means that just as Christ, again, 
It's from this. This is not just Pastor Jake just making it up. It's from Scripture. Just as Christ came not to be served, but to serve. So also, the husband is not husband to be served, but to serve. To serve his wife first, to serve his kids if he has them second, and then himself third. Let me put it another way, in case I, in case I haven't been clear enough. Husbands, your wife is your number one. Out of everything and anything in your life, your wife is your number one. More than your families, more than your kids, more than your moms and your dads, your wife is your number one. Always. This is what you signed up for. When, when you got married, that's what you signed up for. That your wife is your number one above everything else. So we go back to our text from Ephesians. Skip down to verse 32. So Paul gets done talking about all this. Wives and husbands, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as the Christ is the head of the church. Skipping down to verse 32. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. This is why the relationship of husband and wife is the closest to God's heart. Revelation 21 talks about this. How Christ will, will come down from heaven on the last day and how his church, the bride, will be beautifully adorned. Why? Because he made it so. Now, in light of that, let's go back to the very beginning. Let's go back to the very beginning. The beginning. Sound of music? No? Okay, fine. Genesis 2, 18. The Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. We're going to stop right there. We're going to focus on the words helper and suitable. The word helper does not mean subservient. The word helper means literally side by side. Husband's here. Wife is here. Right? When the wife needs to be protected, the wife lines up behind, just like we talked about. I will make a helper suitable for him. The word suitable, a, a better word there is the word fit. As I explained to the Bible class this morning, Eve, when she was created, was not created as sort of this, this square peg that fits inside of a round hole. No, it's a perfect fit. When Adam and Eve were created, they had no arguments. They had no disagreements. There was nothing that, they, that, they, that either of them didn't know about the other. It, it, was, it was perfect. It was a perfect fit. I heard one pastor explain to it like this, and the only way to make electricity is to have a male end and a female socket, and you plug it in, and guess what? The, the light bulb works. That's kind of how it is. It's a perfect fit. So Eve was, was Adam's helper and also was his perfect fit. Going down to verse 20, the second half of that, 
But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Verse 23, the man said, this is now bone of my bones. The, the, the English doesn't really give due credence to how excited that Adam is. Adam is over the moon about this. This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. Go back up to verse 21. That word ribs, I didn't know this up, up until, what, a month ago? That word ribs in the Septuagint, which is the Latin translation of the Bible, the word there is side, that Eve was taken out of Adam's side. That same word for side is used in the Gospel of John when it, when it talks about how the soldiers pierced Jesus' side. And blood and water flowed out. Again, it's, it's the biblical model of marriage. Christ and his church, husband and wife. Again, husbands, not lording over your wives. And wives, not serving your husband's hand and foot. What is the, what's the old saying? Bare feet in, in the kitchen? No. Okay? but husbands as the head of the household and wives as the helper. That wives submit to their husbands just as we submit to the love of Christ. Now, if you are single or unmarried, don't worry. Paul has some words for you too. It's not in your bulletin there, but from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39, I'm sorry, verse 32, Paul says, I would like you to be free from concern. An unmarried man is concerned about the Lord's affairs. How can he please the Lord? But a married man is concerned about the affairs of this world. How can he please his wife? And his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or virgin is concerned about the Lord's affairs. Her arm is to be devoted to the Lord in both body and spirit. But a, woman, but, a, but a married woman is concerned about the affairs of this world, how she can please her husband. I'm saying this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in a right way in undivided attention to the Lord. What is Paul saying here? He is saying here that singleness is a gift. It's okay if you're not married. It's okay if you're single. Because singleness, according to Paul, is a gift. Why? Because your attentions are not divided. Put another way, your ability to follow Christ is easier. Because husbands have to be concerned about their wives, and wives have to be concerned about their husbands. And so if you're single, it's okay. You have a much easier path than husbands and wives because your attention is not divided. Now, I want to go back to Genesis. Again, chapter 2. That, that word for ribs is the word side upon which the, the blood and water from Jesus flowed out. The first thing that I ask couples who come into my office for 
counseling is the first thing that I ask them, are you doing devotions? Not because devotions are some kind of, like, devotions in and of themselves are like some kind of a miracle pill that if you just do them that everything is better, but I ask that because I want to know where their heart is as a couple. And you want to know how many of them tell me that they are doing devotions? None of them do. The ones that come in for help. Again, they're not a miracle drug, it's not a miracle cure, but it, it lets me know where your heart is. I don't, and you know what, in my own married life, I need to do this more. I need to sit down with my wife more and have devotions with her more and read scripture together more and pray more. The other text that we read yesterday was that famous passage about love in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love is patient, love is kind, it is not self-seeking, it is not rude, etc. And I told the couple that, that I married yesterday, I said, you know, I'm fine with you using this text, but you have to understand something about this text. That the love that, is, that Paul is describing in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a perfect love. Perfect There is not a person on this planet who has been loved like that every single day. There is not a person on this planet, in this room, that can love like that every single day. There is only one person who has ever lived that that has loved and can love like that, and his name is Christ. His name is Jesus. And so husbands and men... Your wives or your future wives are not going to be able to love you exactly the way that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about. Forgive them. Wives and women, your husbands are not going to be able to love you in the way that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about. Forgive them. Forgive them because Christ has forgiven you. Forgive them because as his bride, the church, you and I have fallen away from our groom over and over and over again. And yet forgiveness is always there. Love, why? Because he first loved us. The blood of Jesus has covered your marriages. The blood of Jesus has covered you if you are unmarried or single. The blood of Jesus has covered you so that you are free to forgive. So that you are free to tell your spouse or your future spouse, you know, I I forgive you. And it's not enough, and I think we talked about this in Baba class two weeks ago, it's not enough to say, oh, hubby, that's okay. Compel yourself. Force yourself to use those specific words, I forgive you. Why? Because Jesus did not from the cross say, oh, God, just, it, it's okay, just, just turn a blind eye. It's fine. No. Jesus on his cross looks down at the people who are spitting on him and mocking him, and he says, Father, what? 
forgive them, for they know not what they do. It's the biblical model of marriage. A model that, again, is not something that I made up, is not something that is just sort of some pie-in-the-sky idea. No, it comes from here. It comes from Scripture. Again, husbands, your wives are not subservient to you. Husbands, you are husbands in order to serve, not to be served. And to give yourself up for your wife in the same way that Christ has given himself up for you. And wives, you are called as wives to love your husbands in the way that you are loved without condition. Without condition, without exception. And so what I want to close with here is I want to I want to pray for all of us. I want to pray for myself. I want to pray for all of our families because you know what? We need it. We need to pray. We need to pray for one another. Not just husbands and wives praying for each other, but folks, I've said this before, this is, you don't just come to church just so that you can be a member of something. You come to church so that you can pray for each other. So that you can confide in one another. And so that you can confide in one another about how your life is going. And so let's do that. Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for our marriages. And we pray for our husbands and for our wives and for our kids. Lord, that we would seek you first in everything that we think, do, and say. Lord, that you would give to husbands by your Spirit that you would put it in their minds every day, this biblical model of marriage. And Lord, we know that that they're not always going to do it perfectly every day. But when those cases come up, and they do come up, we thank you for your forgiveness. And the next day, they get a chance to do it all over again. Lord, for wives, I, I, I pray for them. I pray that you would, along with their husbands, that you would keep them away from the fiery arrows of of Satan who so wants divorce to happen, who so wants husbands and wives to be attacking each other, that you would, by your Spirit, compel them to pray, to read your word so that they are completely covered by you. Lord, for those who are single or who are unmarried, those who have lost their spouse, I pray for them. And I pray that you would guard and keep and protect them. Lord, that they know that, that singleness is not something to be looked down upon or something that is, that is just the next step into getting married. No, that singleness too is a gift from God. And Lord, we thank you that this relationship of husband and wife, all of us, regardless of whether we're married or not, all of us are affected by in some way, that this relationship of husband and wife, that Lord, it is the closest to your own heart. And for that, we thank you.
And for that, we thank you for forgiving us, for loving us, and for redeeming us with your precious blood and with the empty tomb. We pray all this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please stand. We now confess together the words of our Christian faith. We do so using the Apostles' Creed as it is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, if you are a member of our faculty or staff at our school, will you please come forward so that we might dedicate you for this new school year? If you are a member of our faculty or staff, please come forward to the altar area. Dear friends in Christ, you are to be dedicated as teachers and staff at the school of this community of faith, a work in which our Father in heaven has great joy. Hear the word of the Lord from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. So then, in the presence of God and of this congregation, I ask you, do you accept the position committed to you? And do you promise to faithfully carry out your responsibilities, trusting in the Lord and conforming yourself to his word in accordance with the evangelical Lutheran Church? If so, then answer, I do, with the help of God. So now I ask you, the members of this congregation... You have heard the promises of faithfulness spoken by these people. Do you promise to support them in in their work, to remember them in your prayers, and to work with them to the best of the abilities God has given you, so that he may be glorified and his work be done in our midst? If so, then answer, we do. So then, I dedicate you as teachers and staff at the school of this community of faith. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
the Almighty and most merciful God, enlighten and increase you in your service so that, so that you may be good and faithful leaders and teachers to the glory of his name and the salvation of his people. Amen. And so what we are going to do now as a community of faith is we are going to pray over these, these folks here. Uh, they are on the front lines. They experience the brokenness of this world every single day, and they have the great chance and opportunity to speak, to speak the gospel, the good news of Jesus every single day. And they need our help, and most importantly, they need our prayers. So I'm going to ask all of you to gather around the font, and we're going to lay hands on you. So please gather around the font. And those of you uh, who are able and are willing, please come forward as we lay hands on our faculty and staff to pray for them. Some more room, kind of widen out. Good. I'm going to get up here. Maybe I'll So we pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for this group of people that is gathered here. Lord, that you have called them to this place and this time, Lord, that they might share your good news. And Lord, that's the bottom line. That's why we have a school, so that the good news about our Lord and Savior might be spread. Lord, we pray for them. We uplift them to you. We, we pray that you would send to them an extra measure of your spirit, that you would send to them your angels each and every day. Lord, when the days are, are tough, we pray that you would grant them endurance. Lord, when the days are joyful, we give you thanks for them, and we pray that they would revel in that joy, Lord, because of you and because it is in your name. And so, Lord, we thank you for them. We commend them to your care, and we know that you are going before them in each and every day, in each and everything that they think, say, and do. Lord, we thank you for them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you for coming up. You guys can go back and have a seat. And while they're taking their seats, it's now time for us to gather our tithes and offerings. Uh, now is a good time to take that red signing book that is in your pew to fill that out, whether you are a member or a guest with us. Those of you who receive it on the window side, please send it back to the aisle. And those in the aisle, tear off the top sheet so the others can uh, pick that up at the end of service today. We collect our tithes and offerings.
as we enjoy music from the piano duet of Carol and Betty, just one quick announcement. The Men's Bible Study meets at 8 a.m. each Wednesday morning. That's a change in time in the chapel at, here at Trinity. We have several ladies' Bible study groups meeting during the week in the surrounding area. For more information concerning our Bible study groups, please call the church office at In our prayers this morning, we have a few folks that we want to be sure to remember to pray for. First, for those on our health list, for Melvin McCord, Nancy McRoberts, Flora Oberman, Landreth Worm, Erna Shane, Janice Meyer, Myron Reed, Carol McIntyre, Oren Fritz, Ethel Helmkamp, Joan Haynes, Addison Trokey, Steve Doss, Becky Morgan, Wayne Towers, Bob Dotson, Eldon Nelson, Bob Yelinek, Mark Felwalk, Lorne Cly Baker, Linda Wee, Gary Magruder, Thelma Barnes, Emma Conklin, Brenda Lawmaster, Bruce Sletton, and Robert Harris. Also for the family of Ursula McGehee, who passed away on August the 19th, and for the, and for the family of Mary Van Dorn, sister to Teresa Nelson, who passed away. Also, a prayer of thanksgiving for Jansen and Samantha many who were married yesterday. Please rise as we go to our Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, you have created husbands and wives so that they may be a reflection of the relationship of Christ in his church. Surround our families with your love, with your angels, and with your spirit. May husbands love their wives as Christ loves the church. May wives submit to their husbands just as we submit to fall behind to the love of Christ. Lord, this is the closest relationship of all relationships to your heart. Help us, we pray, to the light in what you have created. Lord, in your mercy, for the whole family of God in Christ Jesus, that all of his baptized children be strengthened with power through his Spirit, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, and that we may be rooted and grounded in love. Lord, in your mercy, 
for the leaders of our nation, all public servants and all in the armed forces, that they be given grace to fulfill their varied callings with honor, courage, wisdom, and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. For Jansen and Samantha, who were united in marriage here yesterday, may your face shine upon them as they begin their lives together as husband and wife. Thank you that by your Spirit they have committed themselves to each other and love each other as you love them. Thank you for forgiving them when they fail each other. Thank you, Lord, for loving them more. Lord, in your mercy. For all those in need, the sick, the sorrowing, the lonely, the injured, and the dying, especially for the family of Mary Van Dorn, for the family of Ursula McGehee, for all those on our health list, and for all of those, Lord, that we name before you in our hearts. that Christ would ever be their health and sickness, their peace and turmoil, their joy and sorrow, and their life and death. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we especially give you thanks for all those who are celebrating birthdays and anniversaries this week. We pray to you that by your Spirit, those who are married would be enabled to remain faithful to each other and to the vows that they have made. Uplift them in their love for one another, and especially their love for you. Also, we pray for those who have birthdays this week, Thank you for sustaining them in life to this day, and we pray that your face would shine upon them every day of this next year. Lord, in your mercy. For all who draw near to the altar today, not merely to touch the fringe of the Savior's garment, but to partake of his very body and blood, that this sacrament may be to them for the forgiveness of sins, for courage in resisting temptations, for service in Christ's kingdom, and finally, as a pledge of the glories of a life that has no end. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And so, people of God, the Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord, our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places Give thanks to you, O Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Everlasting God, for the countless blessings you so freely bestow on us in all creation. Above all, we give thanks for your boundless love shown to us when you sent your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, into our flesh and laid on him our sin, giving him into death that we might not die eternally. Because he has now risen from the dead and lives and reigns to all eternity, all who believe in him will overcome sin and death and will rise again to newness of life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. God of Sabaoth, The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm with each communicant that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. 
I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament, and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
first of our distribution hymns is number 822 in the Lutheran service book. Alleluia, let praises ring, number 822.
second of our distribution hymns today is number 611, number 611, Chief of Sinners, so I be. Please stand. And now may this, our Savior's body and blood, strengthen and preserve you in the one true faith until life that is everlasting. Depart in his peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. 
We give thanks to you, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us with this salutary gift. And we implore you that of your mercy that you would strengthen us through the same, in faith towards you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Our closing hymn is number 644, the final two verses, verses 4 and 5, number 644. pleasure to bring you this worship service from Trinity Lutheran Church in Tristat, Missouri. We pray that you have benefited spiritually from this service and invite you to worship with us next Sunday morning at 10 a.m. If you're not able to be with us in person, we invite you to listen by means of this broadcast on Christatradio.com. Once again, a very special word of welcome to all of our guests and visitors today. Thank you for joining us, and we pray that your time here was one that was blessed. Uh, there, it, we are having read the readings this coming Thursday night uh, at 7 p.m. here in the sanctuary. That is our um, uh, weekly adult Bible class. Uh, we take a look at the coming Sunday's lectionary readings, um, and then uh, uh, hopefully come in to Sunday, perhaps even a little bit more prepared. Uh, and so that is this coming Thursday night at 7 p.m. Uh, please continue to pray for our school as we are beginning into this new year, uh, and we thank you for your support uh, of it. And so I pray that you all have a very, very blessed week. Ha, ha, ha.